This is season one, episode three, Following the Spirit. And for this one, I'm actually going to do something a little different. I'm going to interview Phil. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. But before... Phil's over there flexing, by the way, which you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> She's a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, before we jump into that... Um, I want to talk about something else. We got some stuff coming up that we want to share with you guys. We are doing this thing called How to Set the Bible Free. And we got a four-week workshop planned every Thursday for the entire month of October. I think it's 7, 14, 21, 28. Nice. For memory. that. I did. I remember that. Um, I'm good with sevens. So we're doing it. In Costa Mesa, California, California, at um, Pitfire Pizza. Pitfire Pizza, thank you. Yep. Um, and the idea is, we want to do four weeks on how you hold the Bible, and so the like the whole thing is like how to set the Bible free is how you hold it, how you read it, how you interpret it. It's um, it's everything in terms of what it is and, and how it either sets you free or locks you down. How it like liberates you or how it becomes a tool of oppression. I mean, the Bible, it's this incredibly powerful icon in our culture. And it's like, I've, I've read and, and heard that it's the most purchased, least read book in the English language. And the average household in the United States has nine copies of the Bible. Um, it really is a source of incredible hope, but also for many a source of like horrific oppression, which is like the result of how you choose to read it and interpret it and hold it. And for a lot of people, the way that they've been taught to interact with the Bible, a lot of people that I've been like friends with, engaging with, like doing life with, like that just isn't working for them anymore. But that doesn't mean it's time to throw it out. It just means we need to learn to hold it differently. And so uh, what it is, the ways that people have held it and read it and interpreted it over the last couple of millennium, that's <laughs> um, changed immensely. The scripture that Jesus had, how he read it, it's like eons from where we are today. And, and so what we want to do is a four-week workshop on setting the Bible free, how, how, like how to set the Bible free, exploring what the Bible is, the ways that it's been like grossly misused and misunderstood, but more importantly, a path to holding and engaging it in ways that breathe life and breathe liberation and hope rather than a weaponization that brings all kinds of other things. And so encourage you to join us. We're going to be in Costa Mesa. Um, we're going to be at um, Pitfire Pizza uh, every Thursday night in October from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, Jen and I will be there. You can register at our site at philandjenwood.com and would love to see you there. Um, however, yeah. now it's time. And you can come to all of those events or you can choose to just come to some of them. Just oh, so yeah, you know. that's great. So if you can't make one of them, you can register for them separately. I think there's going to be a discount for registering for all of them. Um, but if you can only make one, that's great too.
So that's some stuff that's coming up. Yep. And uh, now let's let's jump into this one. This episode is called Following the Spirit. This one I had prepared like a whole thing. I spent weeks preparing this this whole thing that I wanted to do. And then I sat down with Jen one night and she, she was like, no. <laughs> She's like, there's that is so much. She's like, that's like its own season of podcast. I didn't say no. Yeah, I just said. Well, I think exactly. you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> to be exact. And then you woke up and I was like, so what do you think? And you're like, I don't remember what, what point I fell asleep. <laughs> Um, uh, it's true. Look, I shut off at 8, 8 p.m. That's it. That's true. That's all you get. That's about when we started. But we thought it'd be more fun if um, instead of me giving a big old long podcasty rant that uh, what if Jen just interviewed me? Yeah. Sounds fun to me. So, I mean, let's just start there. You use that term a lot, following the spirit or like the spirit leading but, I mean, what do you even mean by that? Can we just start there? Just what is spirit? What do you mean when you're saying, like, I'm, you sense the spirit, you're following the spirit? Ooh. What does that mean to you? That's like a, that's a hard question because it's, um, it's such a, like a mystical, mysterious thing, spirit. Yeah. And it's like a, it's so nuanced. I mean, um, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in the uh, the Gospels in the Scripture about spirit, about being born of spirit, and it says it's like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, but you can feel it, and it's like it's almost like that. It's very difficult to describe in like super certain terms what, what spirit is, but also um, there's this incredible certainty to it as well. I mean, if you like, if you think about it from like a a perspective of, oh gosh, I'm reaching for words. So like the book of Colossians says that Jesus is like the, the preeminent to the preexisting animating mm. creating force of the universe that held it all, that, but also simultaneously holds it all together. But then if you think about like, um, sort of quantum thinking in, in terms of like subatomic particles in reality. And it, as, as you look into like this, the depths of an atom and how we're held together, there's actually more space between the particles and there are particles and there's no heart center to the, to the middle of our material existence. And there's like, if anything, it's more like we're like a vibrating field of energy <laughs> that exists. And so there's this, this sense in which like there's an animating spirit or force of the universe that's holding that energy together hmm. to give you a life and which means then whatever you do in your life is like tied into the movements and nuances of the spirit and so i think for us even like the life that we've lived like we've given our whole life to this work as being pastors and leading a church and like the subtleties and nuances of like helping people connect with like the living God animating force of the universe. And then mm -hmm. what is that spirit doing in the world and in us? And then how do you walk with people as they open their life to themselves and to you? And like, it's, it, but not only that, but like on a, like a larger scale, I think the spirit is doing something like much bigger in the world that we also get to participate in and be a part of. And so there's like a, like a very interesting subtlety and nuance and mystery to 
recognizing to the best that you can, because I think just recognizing what spirit is, is like, right. just puts you in a position of saying, I mean, I really don't know much, you know, because as you're trying to right. discern and walk and figure out and step into it, but it's like, it brings more and more freedom and more and more life and more and more wholeness and more and more connection. And um, yeah, I think the spirit's doing something quite significant in the world. Oh, just, oh, no, no. Hold, hold Wait, that, sorry. hold that. You're jumping ahead. So would you say that the spirit could also be defined as like the divine or other other words like God? Like, is that what spirit is? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that's just kind of our way of talking about. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that the Christian tradition speaks of God as like these three parts in this like community of connectedness, which mm. is interesting with the father, son, like the triune father, son, spirit understanding is yeah i mean it is this relational like embodiment of of like mm. love and self-giving love and mm. so when you say embodiment would you say that that the spirit is in each one of us then like can we do we have the spirit in us yeah that yeah i think i think so too that's really cool <laughs> well i think yeah, I'm just, I'm answering these, I'm processing your questions in real time here. I know, this is them. fun. <laughs> um, I wouldn't separate the physical and the spiritual. I think it's just much more integrated than that. And so I think, mm. I think the very essence of our physical being is held together with the spirit, actually. And then I think also that the spirit exists in and around and through yeah. all things. And there's, there's yeah. a weirdness of, I've had a few moments in my life where I've somehow managed, I don't even somehow managed to, it happened to me. Yeah, yeah. I. You didn't do anything. <laughs> no, like that, I, I, I wrestle for the word, like a, like enlightenment kind of moments mm -hmm. where your like ego somehow breaks down entirely in your self and you, you suddenly feel bigger than your body <laughs> and like you feel connected to everything around. Like, By like, the way, this has never happened to me before. You have <laughs> described this. Like you're, you're acting like this is everybody's experience, but can you, can you share one of those experiences with us? Cause this is how you've experienced spirit in your life. And I think it's super fascinating cause I haven't had this experience myself. Can you describe one of those experiences where you're like bigger than, than, than life or okay that's like the sorry that's that like I interrupted macro. you no I it's just like okay let's start there and then whittle it all the way down to the most like subtle so i've had a couple of moments um once i'll describe two of them once i did a huge like a uh, spiritual fast years ago and by huge you mean long yeah yeah like a just a significant fast where i wasn't gonna eat anything and just just gonna have water um and i was hoping to experience a lot of things in that it was just like a big i mean we were there you know <laughs> it's, it's quite a commitment yeah um and a lot of things happened in that fasting period but one of those things was um it was like such a breakdown of my i don't gosh i don't know how to describe it like my ego or my my like there's a self beneath the self 
And sometimes you think that you are your mind or your thinking, but when you become aware of yourself, like you suddenly get, like you realize there's a whole deeper self that's going on beneath that. And just by simply observing your like thinking self, you realize that you are something that's observing that other thing. And then all of a sudden it breaks up into like, oh, there's a deeper layer here of existence that you're in. And I think sometimes when you have those moments, you like break into that space. Um, and I think it usually comes through like a death, honestly. And I think that's what that fasting season was for me. It's because when I got to the end of it, um, it was like, I was actually sitting with my, my staff and I was at the church, um, which meant like one staff person and a couple interns at that point. And um, I was talking with them about this whole process of the fast and I was about to end it that next day. And so it was the last day that I was doing it. And in that meeting, in that around that like conference table, I felt this wild like weight and presence that um, it wasn't like a tingly feeling like you sometimes get, but it was more like, it felt like a invisible building fell on me mm. <laughs> and it like, it almost like, crushed me down. And uh, I like doubled over and just started like sobbing uncontrollably. And it was like this, um, like sobbing for a long time, like ugly crying, like moaning, ah, <laughs> snot everywhere. I, was, I ended up on the carpet on the ground. Oh, I know. I remember when you called me afterwards and you told me, I was like, oh, so like in front of your whole, your oh, staff, huh? For, yeah. For, it was one guy's first day. Um, and, uh, and they just sat around totally normal. and just sat with me. They were so cool. And just watched this thing happen. And it, it was mm. as if like everything purged out of me that needed to come out. Mm. Um, the emotions, the like some deep stuff, some forgiveness. My, I, I got healed during that period of, um, I had rheumatoid arthritis before that, which is like, a, I mean, you know, but it's like a autoimmune disease that doesn't get healed and it just... Yeah, and your it's, numbers were like off the charts. I mean, the doctor like, was really worried about you. Yeah, it's like I sobbed it out onto the ground or something. It was—I mean, it sounds so weird, but it, like something purged out of me, mm. and I felt like I had I had frustrations and anger and a lot of unforgiveness in me for different things at that point, and it like all came out, and it was this weird enlightenment moment. Yeah. Um, and then again recently, I remember that. Well, hold on. I remember too. What was interesting about that whole experience is that. I remember you were coming to the end of that fast and you were super discouraged because you're like, man, I really like you. I think you knew that stuff needed to come out and you had felt like what you were hoping for in the fast didn't happen. And I yeah, remember I was, you I were like, really mad. You were like, dang it. This didn't like work essentially. <laughs> like, I went up on a mountain. I'm intentionally like trying to connect with God. And you literally went up to a mountain you went remember you nothing. took a few days away <laughs> yes. and you, you came back and you were bear. so bummed and nothing happened you're like nothing and, and yeah i was disappointed i didn't even coming hear from to, to the God, end of the fast know. and then as i was leaving it it's like the thing something the spirit just dumped on me that was that was fascinating yeah and really cool and you still are healed from that room yeah yeah it's never come back it's incredible it's been, it's been a long time the doctor i remember the doctor was like yeah, no, like we're going to do the test again or, you know, it was, yeah. And I just had to stop seeing that doctor and stop taking yeah, my he, medicine. Remember he wouldn't, which I don't recommend. It just, well, I mean, it just, I mean, I always go see your doctor, but, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's what happened. Yeah. It's still gone. And I mean, and then the same thing, but different happened, um, just in November this year or last year when my dad died mm -hmm. afterwards. I had like a very similar, but it was different. It wasn't a crushing 
like 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 purging feeling. It was a um, expanding feeling where I felt like my like self, my do you say spirit in you? Yeah, like the spirit mm. thing within me like exploded, and it felt like um, I felt like I was a hundred times bigger than my body, and I felt like really connected to everybody and everything. And it, it was just kind of immense freedom in like a life altering, change the course of your life sort of way. Yeah. Which is, is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, those are huge ones, but all the way down to the subtleties of like, yes, yeah, like to small decisions, to discernments and conversations, to like, it's an interesting thing learning the subtleties of uh, like the art of recognizing the spirit and what the spirit's doing mm -hmm. and saying. I mean, you have a, a crazy like intuitive scripture would call it like prophetic um, thing, like wiring kind of radar ability to recognize even some things that the spirit would want to say to people, perhaps, you know, that would open them up and yeah. Um, it felt really woo-woo at first. I remember feeling like this is so weird. Like I would be talking to someone or like saying or praying for somebody and like a picture would pop into my head and I'd be like, that's weird. But I wonder if that's like for that person, you know? And I remember just kind of trying it out <laughs> on a few people and like sharing like, I don't know, this is really weird, but I just got this picture. Like, I don't know if it means anything to you. And then like sharing it with the person and the person just falling on the ground, sobbing and being like, oh, so that resonated, I guess. So that meant something? So yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like kind of doing it again and again and again. And then like really learning how to li like listen to that knowing. Now I feel like it's just part of who I am, you know. Right. And you know that like even with the way that we're like leading our kids and stuff. Like if I have a spirit gut check, whatever you want to call it, we know now we just listen to it. Yeah, always. Because you know? it's like pretty much always right <laughs> not always but like 99 percent of the time yeah <laughs> so yeah it's okay. it's wild how you can recognize the spirit of god with you in every moment if if we like open our eyes to see it you know every conversation yeah always when i i think you can um i was, I was explaining this to the boys the other morning about we we're talking about the spirit and I was telling them it's like a, it's like a, we have an old school hot water heater that still has like a pilot, it's a gas one. So it's got a pilot light underneath it. And you actually have to open it up and like take a match and like put it between your like two fingers and reach way in and like light the pilot light and hold the little thing down until it starts and then it'll stay lit. And if there's like, you know, a big gust or whatever, it'll blow out. So you have to keep lighting the light. And I was explaining to the boys, it's like that, like, like the spirit's always there. You have this like thing in you, but you can actually like, like when the hot water heater turns on, it just unleashes the gas into it. And that's how it fires up. And I feel like you can, it's almost like it's always there. You just have to grow your ability to like let the gas flow through it effectively yeah. Yeah. In, in recognizing. Okay. I had a thought <laughs> just now. Okay. I was going to go somewhere else with that, but you go. Let me just add one. So the Stephen Pressfield book, um, yeah. I just finished the war of art again so good and i'm gonna read it again right away which i, I just yeah so, so we're both reading that and a couple of things but um he does this whole thing about he's he's a brilliant author yeah. 
but he like gives himself to the craft and his whole thing is fighting resistance and all these things that want to get in the way of you doing your work for the world. But what I love is he talks about when you show up and you're disciplined and you do the work, when you like show up every day, he's like, he, he talks about how the muse gives you something and he says, um, the muse honors you showing up. And he's like, when, as long as I show up at the same time every day and put in my work, he's like, the muse will meet me. And then from out of nowhere comes this right. thing. And I, right. I feel like spirit, th- th- that is there how you sp- go. Call it the muse, call it what you want. You know, that's what I love about anyway. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, that I, is so funny. Cause that is literally what I was going to ask you is, can you foster kind of that, the spirit in your life through, you know, what, how would you say you could foster that? Because, I mean, you did that fast, for instance. That was super, it was like an intentional you seeking out. There are big moments. Spirit direction in your life. But I think there's like a discipline and a craft to it where um, we've been talking a lot about this. Like what we, I think we've talked about it on a different episode in this season, maybe two. But the idea of like a relentless, honest pursuit mm. of being able to ask like all the questions in the hard questions, like regardless of where it takes you, but then the the courage to follow it wherever it takes you, um, which is, is scary sometimes when it takes you away from where you've been, yeah. but you know you have to keep following. I, I think that that is like the discipline and the craft of going, we're gonna ask all the questions and the deep questions beneath all the questions and um, we're gonna hold it open and we're gonna follow it where it goes. And I think that the spirit like honors that. And I think the spirit just meets you in it. But it's almost like you're honoring the spirit too. Mm, yeah. Right? Because you're you're trusting the spirit so much to guide you in your life that you're going to follow where you feel like you're being led. And then that there's a trust in that. Even if it's just one step. I mean, like I think of obviously our life in this well, last that's, season. That's how we ended up leaving was yeah. Um, the church that we were leading was because it it felt like, oh, we have to follow this thing where it's going and we're just going to take a step. Yeah. Well, I mean, that last experience that you just shared was part of that for us. Yeah, it was. Was that, that was part of it. Was you feeling like it was time to go. And and then it's been following the spirit each step of the way because I think we had, in our mind, we kind of had a plan, but we also just realized each step has led to the next step and, and we haven't had the full picture, but I feel like spirit has guided us each step of the way, which has been... I mean, there's a massive amount of trust in that, but it's been beautiful. Yeah. Okay. okay. I have another sorry, question sorry. for you. That was a long question answer. No, it was it was awesome because that's the thing. How do you how do you how do you talk about and define the unseen and like the thing that holds all things together? And I mean it's just it's it's Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. So how do you know? How do you know when the spirit's guiding you? How do you know when to do something? We were just we were just talking to a friend about this. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah, that's really hard. Because <laughs> um, it's it's like more mysterious. It's more of like a a gut thing. It's like a I mean, it sounds so cliche. It's like a spirit. It's a spirit thing, and I don't think it's so I'm okay. Sometimes it's big, like the stories we, we were just telling, where it. Um, almost feels like it overtakes you you know what i mean like you're not trying to discern anything it's more like right like where i grew up in texas with the 
the way the rainstorms would come through in Houston, it was like you could see it and you could see them coming and like smell it coming. And then all of a sudden you're just boom. Um, it's kind of like that sometimes where you're not trying to discern anything. You're just having an experience. But then I think other times. Right. It's unmistakable. It's just like, <laughs> not a, yeah, not a question. Yeah. But then there's the times where it's mm -hmm. like you almost have to look within and it's like a, it's like a, a subtle art really. And I think, um, silence and like contemplation and journaling and, uh, that like space to like really there, there's like therapy and then there's people that speak into that are friends and there's lots of opinions and expectations. Okay. Then there's like spiritual directors who are really good at sitting with you and like helping just listen to the movement of the spirit in you and know how to ask you good questions to go deeper into yourself. That's a very rare gem of a friend or a person that you can meet with like a real spiritual director. But then there's like, where you have to figure it out and do the work yourself. And that is, that's like a whole different art form, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's some disciplines or some things that you, I mean, you said journaling, silence. Yeah, I, I think. Obviously prayer. It's, I mean, you're really good at this. It's like, it's like discerning, like even like the energy you feel around something, you know? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, there's times where, I mean, it sounds kind of weird when I say it out loud, but it feels so normal where I'll just have like moments where I'm like, oh, I need to go upstairs and go check on the kids. Like something's up. Oh, you know, no, you always know. <laughs> and then of course there, you know, there's a reason for it. Um, but it's almost like learning how to trust that thing, you know, where I feel like, I don't know, there's this, um, great Brene Brown quote that I've heard her, um, I've heard her use before. And she's, she says, I've always known I'm not listening to myself when I start pulling people around me about what to do bet next. And I think it's like, we all have the spirit that's guiding us in and giving us this deep knowing, but it's just, most of us don't actually trust ourselves enough to listen to it and to follow it. So, I mean, do you, would you agree with that? Like, do you, I know that we do that. Like we will call people and ask for advice before we silence ourselves and get quiet and really. My gut is always I mean, to call everybody. That's totally, <laughs> we like pick up the phone. We'll, we'll like poll everybody. Like, like, what do you think about this? Nobody what do you think about that? answered. Now I just now have, I have to, to sit here. Actually go inward and listen. One like and to quiet. feel and to like be able to discern like the depths of your own mind or your own heart. You know, and, and and it's like we were talking about earlier, the ability to um, observe your own self and even observe your own mind and like your thinking, because often your thinking can just run wild with like everyone's thoughts and expectations and opinions and um, to like remove yourself one past that and sort of get to your deeper place where you aren't being run around by your mind is like a whole different thing where you can actually like go, man, wh wh what is that energy that I'm feeling around this? And then um, like, like even where does that like reside in my body? And then I can start asking a whole lot of questions around, well, what is that and why? And what's that leaning? And, and like, like even my like anxiety meter within that I feel in my gut, yeah. like it rises 
and falls as I start to do that processing and ask those questions. And as I release some things, I, f- I find that this dis- like dissipates. Like recently we were talking about some decision with this podcast or the, the events and experiences that we're doing. And like, as we were wrestling with it and we go, I think we should go this direction. I felt all of the anxiety just like seep right out of my body. Mm-hmm. And I felt at peace. And I said, same, both of us instantly. Oh, that's it. We're like, oh, we definitely were supposed to do that. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, let's do that. And then immediately it was free and light yeah. again. And I'm like, oh, every time the thing gets all like junked up, like like you can feel it internally. Like it becomes very heavy or complex or weird or like. The There's like an energy around it. You know, like if you're feeling an anxiety around a certain thing, like yeah, like, it helps like guide you. you you're you're you going down that wrong that. way. And yeah. then as you like, peel it apart. Um and obviously there's all kinds of layers of discernment within that. Um, but yeah, but it's like a gut kind of intuitive thing that, that you're weighing against like all the influence that you have. Yeah. Okay. So it's one thing to actually listen or to allow the spirit to guide you, like to do that work. But what I found is that oftentimes it's just like a lot easier to be told what to do. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I wish my friend would pick up the phone and just give me the answer. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But can you speak into that? Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a powerful pull. You remember when we watched that movie Molly's Game? It's been a while now. No, you know I don't remember movies. (laughs) It's Molly's Game. Um, uh, Jessica... Chastain, is that her name? No. Yeah, I blew that. That doesn't help me. Famous Olympic um, skier who started illegal gambling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a good movie. movie. Oh, that was a really good but one. Remember the very yeah. end when her dad, spoiler. By the way, this is what we do. He he tells spoiler. me like the <laughs> Like, let me tell you what we did yesterday. Um, hey, it's mostly around them. movies. It's only movies. <laughs> um, with uh, her Moms dad. Moms have a lot on their minds, okay? Yeah. The dad... Um, Kevin Costner, he sat her down because he's this famous therapist and he's like, I'm going to do what like everybody wishes their therapist would do for them because he says, I'm an extremely expensive therapist. I'm going to give you three years of therapy in three minutes and I'm going to tell you everything about okay. yourself. I'm going to give you all the answers, which is super funny because I feel like we like want that. I, I would just give me the answer. Right, just it's... tell me what to do. Yeah. Tell come me on, exactly. God, or, come on, spirit. Like, let's go. Like some authoritative figure just tell Somebody me so I else. don't have to do the work exactly. of wrestling. I just need to like do the thing. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I was reading this book by uh, this professor, Timothy Beale. Um, he's a professor of religion at Case Western University. He wrote this book called The Rise and Fall of the Bible. It's like a decade old now. But uh, he tells this interesting story with... Uh, he has like a freshman class where he's teaching like history of the Bible and he's just giving the history of where the thing came from. Like all the texts, all the diversity, the, all the threads of the history of the thing and how it came to be what it is, which is very different than what like the popular kind of cultural modern icon understanding of the Bible is. Mm. And he says as he was laying that out in this, this first year class, all these freshmen, this student came into his his like office after the, the lecture and was like, that was incredible. And I'm dropping your class today. He's <laughs> like, why would you, why are you dropping my class? It was incredible. And he's like, I see what you're saying. 
And this is extremely different than what I was brought up to believe and understand. Mm. And I also see that it's true. But I just got a lot going on in my life right now. And I'm not going to be able to go there. I'm yeah. not going to be able to do that because that's a lot. I can't take that apart like that. Wow. And uh, he's, he was just kind of dumbfounded. And he said, and, and, and the student did, they dropped the class. And he just said, they just weren't ready to like do the work mm. or to like follow where it was going. Yeah. And, um, and he said, but he's found there's a whole lot of people that he's experienced in his work mm. that... Um, that are almost afraid to ask the questions or they're afraid to um, to like trust that they can like do it, um, yeah. that they can have that kind of authority, that they can have that kind of um, agency to act in that sense, that um, like they, they almost need to view God, religion, whatever they're gonna do. They, like, I mean, in, in, in my own life, I've spent most of my life um, putting like that kind of authority in other things and other people and other institutions and other like leaders um, and, and whatever like, they would say that I should do. That's what I got to do. And, that, and I'm like, oh, there's a piece in it because I'm pleasing everybody and this is what we're supposed to do. But then there's this whole other side of like the freedom. Um, he, right after that, tells this other story that um, he quotes actually uh, Dostoevsky's Brothers Karamazov, and there's a story within that story that he quotes. <laughs> we're like we're like three three <laughs> it's in like now. The Four inception in? of stories. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that would be like three in for where we're at right here. Yeah. But he, the brother Ivan, tells a story of of the the Grand Inquisitor. So it's during the Spanish Inquisition in Spain, and um, at that time the church would essentially burn people alive at at the stake. Um, that they deemed heretics for whatever reason of so going against whatever their authority and yeah. And the story that um, Dostoevsky tells is um, that Jesus shows up in the crowd during the Spanish Inquisition, and when he shows up, the crowd like immediately recognizes him. But but the character of Jesus in the story never says a word in it, and then. Um, but the crowd sees him, they gather around him and they're like celebrating him and he's blessing everybody and he's healing them. And this like little coffin goes by with a child in it. He raises the kid from the dead. And then from the cathedral, from the giant church, the like the Cardinal Grand Inquisitor sees Jesus in the crowd and he immediately recognizes him. And then he immediately has him arrested <laughs> and he has him brought back to the cathedral, has him put in like a prison. And that night shows up to visit Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. And again, Jesus doesn't speak. And what the Inquisitor says is, in the morning, we're going to burn you at the stake, Jesus, as the most wicked of all of the heretics. And all of those same people that were kissing you and following you in the crowd, tomorrow at the bend of one of my fingers, will rush to add fuel to your funeral pile. And the reason the Inquisitor says this um, is that Jesus came to give people freedom, but that's not what the people wanted. What they really wanted was to be told what to do and to believe and to be fed. Wow. And so the Inquisitor actually says, for 15 centuries, we've been wrestling with thy freedom, but now it is ended and over for good. And he ends up letting him go in the story. But he says, if we ever see you around here again, we're going to kill you. Get out of here. 
we don't want with the freedom you offer. What we want is to be told. We want like power and authority and we want to be told what to do and we want to be fed. Wow. Which is wild because it's like, it's this statement. Would we rather not be free? Would we rather not think? Would we, would we rather not question for mm-hmm. ourselves? Yeah. And uh, it's almost mm-hmm. like there's this like crazy fear of trusting the spirit that's in you and this inability to discern and listen to what the spirit's doing. I think when Jesus says that he gives us authority and he gives us freedom, and it's for yeah. like this whole thing. That. Yeah. That like even in the passage where he says, I give you the keys to the kingdom mm. to his disciples, he's it's like a Jewish um, nuanced way of saying, um, I give you the power to interpret. I give you the power. Like I, I'm literally giving you authority. And at the end when he is with his disciples, he's like, I'm giving you all of my authority. And I, I think what he means by that is he gives us his spirit. Yeah. Like even in the whole book of Acts, they're not like asking, are you a Christian? Are you not a Christian? All they ask is, do they have the spirit? They're just looking to recognize people that recognize the spirit in them. Hmm. And they're like, oh, you get it. You must yeah. be part of this movement because you suddenly have awoken to the authority that's in you and you recognize the spirit and you're living by that. And you now are living in freedom. Wow. Which is like a whole profound powerful liberating way to live well i mean in my own life as i look back over the history of my life mm. and i'm like oh i really wish i would have like you knew but you did, like you knew but you didn't listen like the the spirit that was already telling me what to do it's like do we trust ourselves enough to trust that the spirit's in us <laughs> and then we already know what to do we just have to listen yeah and that we have immense freedom and that's what Jesus came to do was to liberate and set people free yeah. and say, I'm with you. That's what he said. Literally, I'm with you to the end of the age. Go. Wow. It's just so good. So the encouragement is this. The spirit is always with us, always guiding us. It's just a matter of, of listening and following. That's good. Yeah. I love it. It's easier said than done. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When it requires a lot of courage and the discipline of showing up to yourself and showing up to God and opening yourself up to that and then trusting. But man, it is, it's worth it. It's a whole different, it's a whole different journey. And uh, this was way more fun than that long (laughs) Other thing that I wrote that you <laughs> fell asleep to you. I mean, you're still awake. I mean, I'm still awake. <laughs> so it's amazing. Oh, it's funny. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.